A friend, an advocate, and a fierce feminist, Barb Byram has been fighting for the residents of Michigan as long as we can remember. From defending the word vagina to performing Michigan's first same-sex marriage to protecting our voting rights, this woman means business. Today we talk relationships, the one that got us this far, the ones we have to work on, and the ones we still need to find. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. So this is called a sweet old-fashioned, and we have one recipe for it, but then Barb has a different recipe. So our recipe that we are making for today, it's got bullet bourbon, Crown Royal Maple Finished Whiskey, which sounds super mapley and delicious, and Sweet Potato Simple Syrup, which I've never had before. Throw in some bitters and some more bitters and an orange twist, and there you go. It's very pumpkin pie-y, but like a cocktail version. But there's another kind of sweet old-fashioned that you like too, right, Barb? There is. So this recipe comes from a friend of mine up in Menominee, Michigan, and it's, it's, it's similar. So it's the whiskey, the bitters and um, Sprite, and then certainly simple syrup, which, you know, my favorite part is probably the simple syrup. And, you know, it's, it's good. It's very good. It's, it's, it's nice to have after a, a long day. Well, and that's that, and that particular version of the old fashioned, because the old fashioned isn't a, isn't a perfectly scientific derived beverage. It's more of like a template, right? Because you can, you, you can make it a lot of different ways. But the the premise is the same. But the one that you're describing, Barb, is technically called a sweet old-fashioned, but it's like the Wisconsin old-fashioned. Which makes sense um, that it would come from my friend in Menominee because he's so close to Wisconsin. I remember the first time I tried to make it at home, I um, called him on Snapchat and showed him what I was trying to do. And he said, you forgot the, you forgot the Sprite. Um, so... Uh, it's, you know, I, it's transition. Now I use the Grand Travers um, cherry whiskey every now and then too, which is, which is nice. So it's, you know, again, it's a really nice, relaxing drink um, after a long week. Um, mm-hmm. just, just nothing's better than an old fashioned after a hard fought battle. You got it. And you, you certainly know you've got, um, <laughs> you've got your battles under your belt for sure. The first one, really the earliest one, but after being elected the first time is, was becoming a mother. And that's actually how we all know each other, right? It is. It is. We, um, we were all, I think, fortunate enough to have an amazing daycare center that we sent all of our offspring to. And that's how I know Mama Karen, Mama Jen, and to some, I'm still even Mama Barb. And had I known then the amazing relationships I would have developed just by trying to survive parenthood alongside other people, uh, I, I, I might have drank more coffee before I did drop off in the morning. <laughs> and let's see, I'm trying to quickly place it in time. I feel like I was at EC3 for a, well, I was there for a decade or more. But um, you were state rep back then. Right. And and so you have moved from state rep to Ingham County clerk. So we're going to have to talk about that for a little bit, but it is the first time we met. And so the the best part about it is we were all exhausted working parents dropping our children off and we didn't know what we were doing. And um, the child care center taught us how to function really. Oh yeah. They taught us how to parent. And, and what was interesting is that since they were teaching us, we all did it 
similarly, right? So it was it was a village raising all of these little humans. And, you know, I, I mean, Jen, you have older humans, so I know that I've called you with interesting questions um, on what to do because um, this human smells bad. Um, and, and, and it's, it's amazing and so reassuring to have those relationships where you can call someone or text someone that you haven't spoken to in literally years and say, Hey, what do I do? How do I handle this? Um, it's, it's that, that introduction to parenting was so, so valuable. For me. You know, I remember, um, you know, we ha- we ha- we all have another, we actually have a classroom in common too. We, all of our kids, I believe, went through toddler land and one of the classrooms in toddler land was, um, you know, managed and, and <laughs> loved on by Burger, our wonderful Claudia. And her nickname is Bur- Burger, which we say, and it rolls off the tongue, we know just how that is. But to call another woman burger is just very odd, but that's her nickname because when she moved from Germany to the United States, it quickly became her favorite food, burgers, right? Mm-hmm. But I remember a friend of mine saying that she didn't like being told how to parent um, when she was there and that like, why I don't want to be told by another woman how to be a parent. And I was like, that's my favorite part. <laughs> please, please, please give, you are you are basically a PhD in the ages between one and two. Please impart your wisdom upon me. Oh, yeah. She's, you know, they've all raised hundreds of children. I've only raised three. And so when you're there and you're new at it and you've read all the books and you've got, you know, your your family and your people and whatever, but these are paid professionals <laughs> who do it for a living on a daily basis. They know what they're doing. So I would do whatever I was told. Yeah. I was like, you know exactly how the gears up in those heads, those little one-year-old, two-year-old heads go. So I trust you. I learned so much. So did I, that if you want your child to walk barefoot in the grass or play with Play-Doh, you yourself should probably think about dropping down some of those walls and walking barefoot in the grass too. Oh, weird. So you have to change your behaviors in order to model good behavior? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we should remind people of that lesson. Mm-hmm. Especially as we now have teens or tweens. Oh, my soul! Yes, yes, that's that's an opportunity. I, I need a burger for for teenagers. For teenagers, <laughs> the thing I liked about that, though, and you know, we alluded to this a little bit before with relationships, is is the the everydayness. Like we would pass in the hallways, and there would be days that you wouldn't have time to have a conversation, but you could lock eyes and know. <laughs> Yeah. And even to this day, you can run into a different parent from from the child care center and be in a, a different context and you just lock eyes with them and you know, it's like, I see you, I know what your life is like, and I love you. And it's kind of cool. And it sticks with you. And we're still extended family because of those relationships that were developed, just passing in the hall, just saying hi. We are an extended family. And it's it's interesting running into those family members all around. I mean, certainly I've run into family members on the Lansing River Trail, but I mean, I'm running into some of these family members from EC3 up north. It's it's just, it's nice. And then the kids, the kids act like no time has passed at all. And it's been years, but you know, those friendships, they continue on just like, you know, our friendships that continue on, right? Like we met each other when our kids were infants and we were in the fog of trying to survive parenting. And yet we're that, that relationship and that friendship 
continues. And it's not because we have been working on it weekly, make, you know, talking to each other, but it's because it's that strong base of a friendship. And you can just pick up the phone and you know that you're going to get parenting advice from Jen um, about, you know, these teenage boys. Yeah. I mean, I know that and it, I've taken advantage of that. And, you know, relationships change lives and um, certainly for the better. I do kind of compare it to, you know, I still have my my core group of girlfriends from college. And, you know, that's just a time in your life where those are formative years and you're going through major life changes. And there's something about those relationships that are so incredibly special. But it's it, you almost repeat it when you're becoming a parent and, and um, going through those big changes that you um, you just really lean on people in a way that, again, like Jen said, you can look at somebody in the eye and know exactly what they've been through that morning. <laughs> just went through it too. This is the part I find interesting too is, um, I mean, I don't know how you held it together, Barb, when your kids were small and you were fighting the fights you fought in the legislature. So going from the, the mayhem that is parenting small humans to, I guess, the mayhem that is moving a state forward. Talk to me a little bit about that and then about what you've been doing since, because I feel like you're always juggling some sort of mayhem and always defending from chaos. That would be the bucket I put you in. Yeah. Um, you know, I think my perspective has totally changed um, now that I have children. Um, I've always had an amazing supportive spouse. Um he doesn't like being in the limelight, but he is um, absolutely amazing and has supported me through anything I've ever wanted to do. So whether that's that my that the kids are going to EC3, um, he didn't he he supported it um, that I was going to drop everything and open the historical courthouse uh, on a Saturday morning to uh, perform marriage ceremonies and issue marriage licenses out to to couples uh, who had previously been prohibited from being married to and, and performing vagina monologues on the Capitol steps. Um, my, my protests, the rallies I've gone to, uh, he has quietly sat back and, 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 for, and, and supported, um, and sometimes, you know, nudged a little like, oh yeah, you, you can do that. Yeah. Go. You, yeah. You need to do that. Yep. That sounds like a great idea. Um, it's, it's, and I've had some amazing, um, role models. You know, my mom and I are very similar, which, um, mothers and daughters, when they're similar, that's often difficult. Um, but my mother and I are very similar and my father has been, um, a quiet, um, uh, force as well, encouraging me. Um, I remember during, uh, a vagina gate when I was silenced on the house floor, and we performed vagina monologues. And I remember my mom, uh, they later told me that my mom had asked my father, you know, should I, should I go? And my father said, yes, you have to go, go. You have to go to this, this performance on the Capitol steps. Your, your daughter is performing. Um, so I've been very fortunate um, with the role models I've had. My grandmother's, um, one has since passed, uh, but my grandmother's strong, independent, feisty ladies. Did that trait I don't think so. I think it skipped me. I really do. It's a generation. Yeah. Yeah. Shucks. Yeah. 
So I've been very fortunate with the role models I've had. I've been in the right place at the right time, too. I mean, honestly. Um, so. Oh, come on. I think that's being a little humble. You've done the work. You've done the work. I've done some of the work, um, but I, I do believe being in the right place at the right time and with the right community around. So if you talk about marriage equality, I was in the right place at the right time for that, right? So um, there, was a, there was a window opportunity for um, marriage licenses to be issued. And I had an amazing uh, support group and people who called, text, emailed, messaged, telling me you can open up the courthouse on Saturday. You've got this. And just really giving me the, um, I don't know, just the the strength and the, the courage to do it. And so I did it. And now so many couples are, you know, celebrating anniversaries. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an honor. I perform a lot of marriage ceremonies um, or did when we weren't surviving a pandemic. And it's awesome, the people that I meet and how I'm already connected to them. So I performed a marriage ceremony. A girlfriend called and she's like, hey, my nanny um, wants to get married. They just want something simple. Will you do it? I'm like, of course. Well, the groom is my favorite person at the credit union at MSU FCU. And so they walk in, I was like, I know you, you're the one that I want to come work for me. <laughs> I've been trying to steal you from the credit union. Um, so, you know, it's, it's amazing how we all are connected um, through different relationships and, and different uh, ways that our paths cross. It's, it's amazing. I have a question for you. You know, when you have um, stood up and been vocal on the House floor or when you have stood up and been vocal on, you know, matters related to equality, are you ever, you know, so much of this is about relationships, but are you ever worried about the impact that that strength can have on relationships or is that ever in your mind? I I do worry that... um, that people will look at me a certain way and then maybe think I'm not approachable. Hmm. And I hope that's never the case. Um, I'm very active on social media and I know a lot of people will contact me, like direct message me on Twitter or whatnot. Um, but I never want people to feel as though I am not accessible <clears throat> because I, I, that would, that would, that would hurt. That would really hurt because I miss that one-on-one connection and although we can't or, well, shouldn't be physically together right now and during the pandemic, um, I'm having virtual coffee hours with people on a regular basis because I miss people. I miss I miss talking to people. I miss seeing how people are doing. I'm, I've now reverted to text messaging people like, how are you doing? How, how are things? Like, how's work? Like, I just, I miss people. And um, I hope that wherever I go, whatever new trouble I start, that people still feel comfortable to stop me at the grocery store, um, text me, just talk to me and, and let me know how things are, how I can help. Because it may not fall under the, the county clerk wheelhouse, but I have friends and I can try to help um, in any way that I can. Sure. Have have you had situations where after you've been vocal and, you know, you show up in the news and, um, and something that you have said or done 
all of a sudden has been polarizing. Have you ever had a colleague, whether that's been, you know, in your role currently or in a previous role, have you ever had somebody circle back and say, especially maybe a man or somebody who has not been a friendly colleague, has anybody ever circled back and said, you know what, I was wrong? Or have you ever been able to come back together? It takes a really strong person to admit them they're, when they're wrong. And I know I struggle with it myself. Um, I have a, a dear friend who we disagree on everything except that the world is round. Um, and he had a good sense of humor and still does. And so he is extremely pro-life and I am extremely pro-choice. And he, uh, after vagina gate, I remember he came, he came to me, my desk on the house floor and he said, can't say it. Don't legislate it. And I was like, you're paying attention. Cause that was a <laughs> quote that I said, it was, it was quoted by, um, ACLU and others use that quote. And I was like, Oh, you're paying attention. And he, he will never agree with me uh, on the issue of choice, but I think the relationships that I have been able to build over the years, um, I think it's important to build those relationships on trust and honesty. And when I first came into the legislature, I sat at a table with three Republican men, but all three of them were married to women whose name was Barb. So I decided, and Barb is not a common name. I decided they were all going to be my friends. So after the, how to be a legislator classes were over after the past, I think it was like two or three days. I went to each of them and I said, um, you and I, we're never going to agree. And the one from Clinton County said, yep, you're right, but we'll probably agree on some mid-Michigan stuff. I'm like, okay. Uh, the one from, I can't remember where this one was from. He was from the West side of the state. He was something special. And I said, you and I are never going to agree. And he, he looked at me like I just injured his dog. And like, he couldn't understand how we wouldn't agree. And then the other gentleman who's from the West side state, we, we have, well, we used to have dinner at least twice a year together. Um, I said to him, you and I are never going to agree. Um, and he said, oh, I'm so glad you said something. Cause no, we're not, we're never going <laughs> to agree. You're right. We're never going to agree. And he and I continue to be friends to this day. Um, and it's been interesting because I, after I had my first child, uh, he was a couple months old. My friend, flew into Michigan um, to empty out a storage center. And it was during tulip time. And, and uh, he, so he went to tulip uh, time with me, the tulip parade and everything like that. And we had dinner with my friend and his wife. And I remember his wife looking at me and then looking at my friend, who's a male, and not understanding how my friend was my friend and where was my baby and my husband. You know, but but it's those relationships that we can start to break down those stereotypes, mm -hmm. right? Those preconceived uh, uh, beliefs of how a friendship should be, or how you know. And um, you know, my friend, he is he has opened my eyes to uh, the way of thinking of the opposing party. Um, he hasn't changed my mind on anything, um, but I do think. It's through humor. I like to deal with um, disagreements through humor as much as possible because in the end, we, we disagree, um, but we all want what's best for the state, for our children, for our future. We disagree on how to get there, 
But wouldn't it be horrible if we let our disagreements get in the way of a friendship? A lot of that too. It's such a good story. And it, it makes me think of it's, it's simple exposure, spending time with people who aren't like you and with whom you will never agree and listening to them, hearing what they have to say. You don't have to agree with them, but hearing them truly, I think is what I sort of take from your story that you spend that time and you can build a foundation. And I almost feel like that's an old fashioned way of being. I think especially in the last few years that has gone by the wayside. Um, I was texting with a friend yesterday um, about something that we're both going through. And it's about a third party who has very different ideology than us. And I said, you know, part of my job is to listen to people. When I interview them, I listen to them. I try to understand the mechanics of their thinking and set aside my opinion on it. That's my job. And really get at the heart of things. And I have felt myself shifting in the last few years where I I dig my heels in when I don't agree uh, mentally. Um, and, and I don't like that that's how I've started to feel. And I don't know if that's because of the last few years and the tone of our society or whether that's my age and me getting pretty set in my ways or a little bit of both. But um, I'm sad to say that what you just shared feels like an old-fashioned way of being because I want to get back there so badly. Yeah, it seems as though politics have been so much more divisive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after the passage of term limits in Michigan, my mom served in the legislature, and when she would disagree with her Republican colleagues, they disagree on the floor. They they you know argue and they would debate. But then they would go have a burger together afterwards because mm-hmm. they they were they had a relationship. Well, with term limits, it's it's it you don't have time to make those relationships. Mm-hmm. And then with the way the districts are drawn mm-hmm. historically, because now we have a new way districts will be drawn. But historically, those districts were drawn so partisan. So now you have partisan, very um, partisanly elected legislators. You have term limits, so relationships take. They're, they're just not being built on trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then you have what's going on nationally, which is, uh, um, it's, uh, I think it's significantly more difficult to have those relationships and those friendships um, develop and continue on as a result of some of those factors. And it's really unfortunate because in the end, when you have those relationships built on trust with our legislators amongst each other, you do so much better for the state. You work together. Mm-hmm. You're not constantly throwing, you know, barbs at each other. You're 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 working together. I uh, and it's it's. I look forward to those times coming back. You know, it, it's you know, it goes back to a couple things. Jen said exposure, right? You have to be exposed to people who are different than you and who have different um, positions on important issues and. So so wisely, you pointed out that you can still be friends with people who you'll never agree with. Um, but I do think it's exposure also. So it's people who look different than you. It's people who um, love people different than you love people. Um, it's, you know, it's all of that. So, and even the ability to listen and understand um, other people's life experience and points of view um, builds those relationships. Yeah, you know, I grew up in a small 
area, rural area in Ingham County. And there's there to this day is not much diversity at all. And I think it's important to note that the first step, the first step to solving a problem is for everyone to acknowledge that there is a problem. And systemic and unconscious bias exist. It's past time to eradicate it. So we need to really focus our time and our energy in lifting up marginalized voices. And I admit I have a lot to learn, um, but I think that's the first step is admitting that I have a lot to learn and then just asking, asking friends, those relationships again, reaching out to people and saying, this doesn't seem right to me. Can you, can you tell me if it is right? And if it isn't and help me learn. And I think, um, that's where I'm at right now is leaning on those relationships and, and actively making those uh, connections to develop relationships so that I can be a better advocate. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. You know, sometimes <laughs> this is so ridiculous, but you can look at your deck of cards and say, oh, I'm missing a suit or, oh, I'm missing these cards. I need to go find them. And if you look at your relationships in a way that you need a a fully complementary set that includes all types of people, and you can see where you've got gaps, I think it's worth going and finding those relationships so that you have somebody to understand and learn from and someone to give you advice when you are out of out of context, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work. It is, but it's it's so rewarding, and it will be rewarding in the end to our small humans um, because I look forward to the day where our humans – embrace the salad of the United States, not the melting pot of the United States, but the salad and um, enjoy all of the ingredients of the salad. You know, I'm still great way trying to, to get my kids to love salad, all of them. So this is a really good goal. <laughs> no, actually, I gave Spencer a, a smoothie with his spinach yesterday and that worked out. So whatever way you can get your variety in, that's what I would suggest. I just, I just this morning, I had a Facebook memory from eight years ago, and we had just gotten back from the Virgin Islands where Ian had fed some goats, these big leaves off a tree. And when he got home, he wanted to play goat. And so he put himself in a pen made of our bar stools, and I hand fed him like two cups of spinach. And he never had done spinach or lettuce before that. He was three and a half. And I just showed him that picture this morning. I said, this is when you started liking greens. We played goat. <laughs> so wait, the moral of the story is you might be afraid of something new, but once you try it, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. and perhaps that works with people too. Put yourself in a pin <laughs> until you like it. So Barb, I, I want to get a little bit of advice from you because I perceive you as a high energy extrovert person. I perceive you as someone who genuinely likes people. You're interested in people and curious, which not everybody has that trait. So how would you recommend that those of us who are less high energy or extroverted can make this happen and expand our relationships and get to know new people and understand new ways of thinking? Um, coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the first. That's, that's the most. Yeah. Um, coffee. And I, um, when I meet people, it's it's been, I mean, even before I was involved in politics, if I met someone, I added them to my Palm Pilot back in the day. Or actually, my Franklin planner, and then I upgraded to the Palm Pilot. You're showing um, your age. <laughs> I've embraced it. Um, so I think um, keeping a list of all of the people you've met 
and following up with those people. I'm a firm believer in notes. I, I send cards and notes. Um, and uh, I think a little secret that I should probably share is um, when I am out in public, I, I try to be on, right? Um, but once I'm home, I am off. So I my pajamas or sweatpants are on as soon as I walk in the door. Um, I'll be active on social media at home, but I don't talk to people other than you know my spouse and offspring when I'm home because I'm I'm off. I I think I am actually a hermit, um, but I just pretend to be an a happy outgoing person during the day. Well, you fake it really well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I resemble that remark also. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it it's so interesting to talk to you because you know we aren't people who talk on a regular basis, and yet I would consider you a a close friend and somebody I could trust and come to at any time. Um, and that is all built on just that that long relationship and that repeated exposure. And so it's funny, like the threads that I'm seeing here talking about the day-to-day in and out of EC3 is what sort of wove us all together. That day-to-day and in and out in the legislature before term limits is what wove people together. And just those those constant small exposures, how they can really help you build trust and relationship and understanding. And it almost makes me want to get out there and see some people. And, and work on it a little. <laughs> I would uh, recommend doing that virtually. For now. <laughs> right. <laughs> For now. Yeah. There will be a day. There will be a day. And I do look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's. I look forward to more interaction with people. It's. I miss it. So what do you think is coming? Of, of course, we've got the human interaction, but, you know, you spent the end of last year ensuring that votes got counted, which was no small job. Mm -hmm. And we do have redistricting coming, which I think will affect your life a little bit. And what do you think is coming for us in the next year or so? Well, um, the census data is necessary for redistricting, whether it be um, for the the commission, um, the state commission that's drawing the legislative lines, but also for the the statutory commission apportionment committee, um, at the local level to draw the county commission lines. Um, we're expecting to get that some that data sometime in September. So things are going to be a little tight uh, when it comes to drawing those lines. So that's 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 uh, on the top of my mind. Uh, we have some elections, so it's it's considered an off year. But in Ingham County, we have an election in May. We have an election in August, an election in November. So so there will be uh, three elections this year. They won't be as publicized as the uh, presidential general election, um, but we're still running elections. And I think this year I would like to focus on getting more people involved in election administration. This has been a focus of mine over the past few years um, because we really need to train up those future election officials um, because a lot of county clerks are... um, retiring, quite frankly, Um, especially after all of the negative uh, feedback they have received. Um, Some of them just have decided, I'm out. 
I, I, I didn't sign up for this. County clerks and and local clerks, city and township clerks. So we need to make sure we're training up those those replacement clerks. And it also helps for people to understand election administration to have more confidence in our elections mm-hmm. and help break down a lot of that dis and misinformation that has been circulating. So that, um, you know, I'm always looking for a good uh, a good fight and some good trouble to cause. So, you know, I, I, uh, I'm always game for a, for a nice hand to hand combat. So I'll be keeping my eye open for that as well. Very cool. Hey, listen, so where can someone find you? I know you've got a blog that I love to read and I know you are big on social. So if somebody wants to poke around and see what you're thinking, where would you send them? I would send them to my Twitter feed first. Uh, the Twitter feed, my Twitter feed is at Barb Byram. Um, and that's me. That is not staff. That is me. And so you will get offspring stuff. You'll get bad jokes. I love bad jokes. I, I love your jokes. I <laughs> love joke then vote. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, that's a newer thing. So it's been going on for about a year. Um, things were just too negative in, in my world. So I started getting really bad jokes and sharing them um, every morning. So my Twitter feed is me. That is totally me. You'll get all of it. Um, you'll get a lot of running pictures too. Um, and then outside of that, I do blog periodically on a collective blog. Uh, friend Chris hosts the site and he's, he's allowed me to, uh, spew my words and my frustration, um, which I, I did. And it was, um, very cathartic a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, but I'm always available. So my email is clerkbyram at gmail.com. Uh, my Twitter feed, and I'm I'm the one on the end of the email. So even and, and when you email the county clerk's office, if you need uh, county clerk assistance, a birth, marriage, death, anything like that, concealed pistol license, all the great things that we do. If you email clerk at ingham.org, you're getting me. You're not getting staff. You're getting me. So it's often interesting to see friends interacting with me, thinking that someone else is signing my name, but it is me. Um, it's just kind of fun. So pretty much if you Google how to contact me, if you forget the Twitter handle or whatnot, you're going to be getting me because I, I like to be accessible. Um, I, you'll find me at Myers a lot. Um, and that is Myers with an S I hear there's been a thing, but uh, a discussion about Myers, um, but it is Myers with an S. It's just yeah. not been Myers with an S silent yeah. and invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'm there. I'm, I'm, I spend a lot of time in Mason a little bit of time in Lansing. I have two offices in Ingham County and you can often find me uh, doing takeout at some of my favorite restaurants um, in the County. I'm a big fan of arts pub (laughs) and their pizza. So yeah, I'm around and look for me on the trails too. And I can vouch that you like a handwritten note because when my uh, child was born and my birth certificate was mailed, there was a personal note from you in there congratulating our family. Yeah. Yeah. My grandma, that, uh, it's my grandma's way. And, uh, she taught me well. You got it. Well, I think the only thing I'm going to disagree with you on today is how to make a sweet old fashioned. Cause I'm not so sure about the, the Sprite, but you know, I will be your friend, even though we disagree. Yes. You could, don't awesome. let it get in the way of your relationship. Perfect. Yes. Barb, thank you so much for your time. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Talk to you next time. Sounds good. Bye. 
Let's play a little word association game, okay? If I said first job, you'd say? Pharmacy cashier. Okay, then if I said hardest job, you'd say? Food service, hands down. But regardless of a terrible boss or backbreaking work, all of our jobs teach us lessons that impact us to this day. From hard to soft skills, that is what we're talking about next time. Join us.